0: Welcome to the Bloomberg Surveillance Podcast. I'm Tom Keen with David Gurra. Daily, we bring you insight from the best of economics, finance, investment, and international relations. Find Bloomberg Surveillance on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Bloomberg.com, and of course, on the Bloomberg. We welcome all. On Bloomberg Television, on Bloomberg Radio, to a conversation with Stanley Fisher. He has announced his retirement from the Federal Reserve System on October 13th. Mr. Vice Chairman, thank you so much for joining Bloomberg this morning.
1: Thanks to you, Tom.
0: I want to bring up a chart, which I think goes back. We like to do this with anybody of your stature. Can we go back to 1969 in a chart that Mrs. Fisher made in your thesis at MIT? I have no idea what this chart is. It's from your original thesis of the XYZ space on contingent commodities. Whatever that chart is, it's in the textbooks. It's in your classic textbook, Dornbush Fisher, Stars. Is the economics of today in the textbook or in that thesis of 1969?
1: Well, the basic basic economics hasn't changed that much. The uh, sort of understanding of what the fundamental forces in the uh, macroeconomy are hasn't changed that much. But what those forces are, have changed a lot over time. And we're operating in a much more globally integrated, not fully integrated by any means, uh, economy. By the way, I don't recall uh, doing that uh, chart. but uh, Uh, You you, say
0: in your notes that Mrs. Fisher did that chart for you a few years ago.
1: I'd be surprised, but, but if that's what it is.
0: What is the next chairman? And the committee as a whole, the Federal Open Market Committee, what type of economics do they have to do? May I suggest that it needs to be a more malleable economics?
1: Yes, it's not as simple as it used to be. And you've got to take more uh, forces and more changes into, uh, into account with us being very close to a global, globally integrated economy.
0: Our Michael McKee was talking about you teaching at MIT with Chairman Bernanke as a student, with President Draghi as a student as well. How would you teach the PhDs today? Would you teach them differently than you taught Bernanke and Draghi?
1: Well, there's a saying that science proceeds, progresses, funeral by funeral. So I think I'd be teaching more or less the same things, and the next generation would have something Mm more uh, more advanced more different than i would have had
0: let me dive into the uh, economics today. You spoke to the Economic Club of New York in October of a bit ago, uh, and it was about ultra-accommodative. I'm going to say that Stanley Fisher gave us this phrase, ultra-accommodative. Bring up the chart in New York, if you would. And this is a terrific chart of the inflation-adjusted Fed funds uh, target rate, and we still haven't gotten back to the zero level. The yellow circles, your Economic Club of New York speech. Are you happy with the pace that we're on to get back to a normal Fed?
1: Well, I'd rather that the real interest rate became positive, which we expect to happen sometime in uh, mid-2018. So the pace is okay. It's not uh, terrific. But this is a very complex issue, which is related to the decline in productivity growth, uh, among uh, other things. And it's related also to decisions that the government would make. The real interest rate rose quite a bit when it was expected that there'd be a big fiscal uh, stimulus. Yes. And it went down uh, afterwards when the expectation of the stimulus was uh, reduced.
0: The expectation is an important word across all of Stanley Fisher uh, economics. Good morning to uh, Professor Lucas of Chicago. And of course, you taught at Chicago uh, e- years ago. Are we expecting too much in our guesstimates of inflation? Do do we have too much of a belief that we will have a higher inflation?
1: Well, I still believe we will have uh, higher inflation. Uh, Sort of there are basic mechanisms, and the basic mechanism here is where unemployment is declining all the time. Wages will start going up at some stage. And the experience many of us have, including myself, is you have to wait a long time usually longer than you expected to wait for something to happen but then if it's a very basic force namely increase in employment, Mm -hmm. increase in wages it will show up and uh, once it shows up we'll say oh yeah that's what we expected
0: I spoke to our Bloomberg Economics team about what to speak to Vice Chairman Fisher about, and there's so much uncertainty about the future of this important global institution, the Federal Reserve System. Let's start with the idea of a low-rate psychology. The joke is low-rate, Janet, with great respect to the chair. The reality is we have low-rate Donald. We have a president who seems to be wired for the comfort of low rates. Is that a mistake?
1: Well, there are reasons uh, to want low rates, especially when growth is uh, so slow, and investment has been uh, s- smaller than expected uh, for quite some time. So low rates are to encourage investment, they are to encourage uh, growth. Uh, they have been less successful in that than we expected, but they've been very successful in encouraging employment. And uh, the miracle of this recovery is that it did not generate that the crisis did not generate long-term massive unemployment we're basically back to something close to full employment
0: I would ask your mentor Paul Simonson, who should be the next Fed chair. I won't do that with you about the politics of this person or that person. But it's obviously a critical appointment to have a new chairman. Explain to the American public how the new chairman or chair will be different from what we've seen in previous uh, uh, leaders of our Fed.
1: Oh, this is a choice, clearly, of the president uh, and the administration. And uh, that decision is up to them. There are uh, Candidates whose names are in the newspapers you yes. don 't know how important they are, uh, and it 's really not appropriate for for me to get into deciding who 's going to be the next chairman
0: I would suggest that 's probably true. maybe you' disagree Brendan Murray would disagree with you and want to know name rank and serial number, but the basic idea here of if we have the turmoil we have in America and the economic uncertainty in our theories, will that migrate us towards a more rule-based system and away from discretion over the coming years?
1: Oh, I think the attraction of a rule-based system is very large. I think that in practice, you'd find yourself having to define all the time when it's appropriate to diverge from the rule because the rules do not anticipate the many strange things that can happen in an economy even such things as three hurricanes in a row, which is not uh, a huge surprise, but it happened and it changes policy and the many other things that will change policy. Okay. So I uh, think rules are a good guideline to the basic path you're taking, where you're trying mm-hmm. to go, but I wouldn't run monetary policy on the basis of rules where you strictly go down, look at this equation, say that's it. And uh, let's get rid of the central bank.
0: I believe you were in Zambia years ago, and your first book was Maynard Keynes of 1936. Do we need a Fed chair like Chair Yellen, who has read Maynard Keynes 1936? I believe we have a number of candidates that probably haven't even gone through those few key chapters, which are considered the canon today.
1: Oh, they should read it, and they should read the whole book, because at the end of the general theory, Keynes has a chapter on what happens when the interest rate gets too low. And uh, it's, it's worth reading even today uh, what's in there.
0: Can we have a new setup with someone like William Miller of past times and places, a non-monetary Fed chair who has a vice chair of your capabilities or Chair Yellen's capabilities? Or do we need to have that monetary expertise for crisis and shock as chairman? Well,
1: I've I've found uh, in my terms in one place as governor in another as -hmm. as, uh, vice chair, that having the basic economic uh, theory, theoretical knowledge and experience uh, increases your self-confidence about what you're doing uh is it essential i doubt it there are very smart people who could figure this out in many ways Uh, But is it helpful? Yes, very much so. What is it
0: like in a four-standard deviation shock? You enjoyed 1998, you enjoyed the financial crisis, and you've enjoyed the struggles forward here. For the next chairman, whether it's Kevin Warsh or it's again Chair Yellen uh, uh, to be reappointed, uh, many people talking about that, what is the difference of people like you in a four-standard deviation shock of the moment or set of shocks versus a normal day at the Eccles Building?
1: Well, the difference is uh, is there something that you ought to do or should you let the markets take care of it? And if you uh, decide to leave it to the markets or to wait a week and see what it really means, uh, those are things which depend a great deal on the experience you have, on your understanding of how the markets Mm -hmm. work, and that you get over the years. Uh, And I've sort of The initial, to take a simple example, the initial reaction of people who haven't thought is something bad happens, you close the markets. That's terrible.
0: In your final thoughts in London, in your speech of the other day, a wonderful speech sort of on the tapestry and history of the Bank of England, you talked about never-say-never events. What kind of chairman do we need to be steeled and ready for never-say-never events?
1: You simply need someone who has the uh, flexibility of mind to see that he he or she needs to take a different route uh, at a particular moment in time or over the next year or two, and uh, someone who has also the capacity to lead a very large, very complex committee, the Open Market Mm -hmm. Committee. Uh, to do the to uh, agree with, uh, with his or her thoughts.
0: You know, it seems like you just described John Taylor, but I won't put you in the trap of talking about Professor Taylor of Stanford or any of the other good candidates that we have involved here. I think the arch question, and particularly for the Bloomberg world, is, is Peter Orszag would say out of LSE, that we have glide paths, that we have paths of stability as we move forward. And then we have these exogenous shocks and we have jump conditions. Do you have confidence that the two strategies of rate moves and balance sheet can be done over smooth glide paths that can be controlled by uh, the institutional forces we have? Or do we need to be steeled for jump conditions to come?
1: Well, we always need to be steeled for the possibility that we need to change course drastically. Uh, In October 2008, the Fed changed course drastically. That was obviously the thing to do after the financial crisis began uh, to develop. So you have to wait, watch and wait and uh, hope you can stay on the smooth path, but never believe yourself that you can stay mm-hmm. on those paths forever. You can't.
0: It is unimaginable to think of you retired. Do we get another edition of Dornbusch Fisher Stars?
1: <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know at this, uh, at this stage.
0: Very good. Vice Chairman Fisher, thank you so much. Stanley Fisher, he is the vice chairman of the Federal Reserve System...